0: Companies and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again. Another episode of the Old Ways podcast. Uh, I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where shock, shock were actually aboard the Orient Express. Uh, and so, as I like to do, I'd like to thank you, the listener, and you, the Patreon supporter, at the top of the show. Uh, You can check out what we had to offer at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. Follow us on YouTube, uh, say hello and put train in the comment of this episode and perhaps you'll win something fun. And so now I would like to turn to my cast to my right.
1: Hi, this is Mike and I play James Robert Fraser, who is currently uh, sitting, relaxing, watching the world go by as the train heads towards Sofia. It is a picturesque nighttime adventure
0: and soon to get more interesting without question uh, to Mr. Fraser's right.
2: Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy and I am in my happy place, which is almost lost my mind trying to figure out what was happening in my book.
0: Correct. You've actually very recently only read the first few excerpts from the book, which have detailed the very strange and um, potentially terrifying story that, uh, serves as the
3: origin for the Forest Simulacrum at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and currently Simon is lightly napping and slightly worried about entering a city of red fezzes.
0: Yeah, the further east you go, Simon, the more and more you have seen, including on this very train. I'm sure there's nothing to worry about and everything will be perfectly fine. Uh, And because we're in the missing Professor Courtney Formation, I will simply say, last but certainly not least.
4: Hi, this is Miranda and I play Maggie Bellinger and much like a beautiful snake, I may soon be shedding my skin.
0: We look forward to your molting. Um, And so because it is a new month, I am going to immediately turn back to my first chair and uh, ask... Spike, who plays Mr. Fraser, to give me a luck roll, because I'm going to give him a little bit more luck.
1: Right. I have currently got 72 points of luck. So Let's see how this goes. I rolled a 93. Ooh, fantastic.
0: So you... Oh, wow. You are the beneficiary, then, sir, of 20 points of luck. Oh my goodness me. Quite... A tank I will get to um, deplete. Uh, so Lady Elizabeth, as played by Rena. Uh,
2: probably not going to do well on this one because I currently have 92 luck. And I rolled a 66, so pass that.
0: So we'll give you four more points of luck. And then we will turn to the end of the table. Simon, as played by Giles.
3: I have a whopping seven points of luck here, so... I rolled a seven.
0: Ooh. I think in the interest of um, fairness and um, potentially letting a, a, a me draw out the, the demise of one Simon Griffith a little bit longer, I'm going to give you both a full luck refresh of 2d10. That seems fair. Simon's had a very difficult time recently. And so um, just remember that your keeper is both fair and equitable. Well, that's not bad. That's uh, 14 points of luck. Puts you in the mid-20s. That is
3: quite good. I will accept that. I'll still die the next time I get hit by a giant tree tentacle, but...
0: Well, I mean, all you got to do is just wait it out another month, right? You just got to survive somehow, and then you get the next luck fresh, and you should be all set. So, uh, Miss Bellinger is played by Miranda.
4: Yes, I have 23 luck. And I have rolled a 99.
1: Ooh...
0: That, this is when you want those high rolls for sure. So, so, I'm going to give you 14 points of luck.
4: Fantastic.
0: And now you may die again. So, we're going to go ahead and raise the curtain tonight aboard the Orient Express. It is roughly 5.30 or half five for those of you playing in the um, amongst the British Empire. The investigators here are settled down to dinner. It's a luxury, really to take a dinner or any meal aboard the Orient Express. We're going to collect them here on camera together as they're sitting in the dining car and enjoying, preparing to enjoy a meal together. For the purposes of this meal, uh, Professor Courtney, after his dealing with you, Lady Elizabeth, uh, indicates that he's not terribly interested in dinner. He's tired and he's looking to perhaps sleep until you get to Sophia. Uh, So that's where we'll open our camera lens at. The uh, bustling dining car of the Orient Express is filled with a number of passengers. Also, several uh, waiters and staff members are working their way down the central aisle, and they are looking to make sure that people have what they need, including everything from drink orders to their first series of plates. And so for the benefit of our investigators, I have changed their map a little so now they may see uh, where they're at and what they're up to. So, ladies and gents, take it away.
4: How long did you say that it was, Mr. Fraser, until we get to our destination?
1: Well, according to the timetable, we are due to arrive at uh, uh, 6.56 p.m., I believe.
4: It's fantastic, fantastic. Maggie, I think, almost seems uh, anxious, excited to get there uh, quickly.
0: The um, appetizer that they bring out for the table is a sweet potato samosa, a little bit of olives and some bread as well. And the staff member who is serving you, of course, will ask and offer any drinks from the
1: car as well. Oh, no, nothing for me, thank you. Just water, yes, sir.
4: I'll I'll be having the same.
0: Very well, ma'am.
2: I'll have a glass of wine, thank you.
0: Hmm. We have a, a wide selection of wines available. Which uh, would you prefer, a, a red, a white?
2: Well, if it's fish today, then the white wine would be more appropriate, I think.
0: Uh, our main this evening is a chicken. Um, uh, a kebab, actually.
2: Hmm.
0: With some couscous.
2: And I think a red. More on the sweet side, thank
3: you.
0: The waitstaff turns to Simon and says, Would you like some milk, sir?
3: Uh, yes, please, sir. Thank you very much. He nods and then
0: turns back to go fetch the drinks. Now The car itself is uh, quite full of people dining. There's probably 10 to 15 people in the surrounding area, and so... Sort of for the first time, you're really feeling the um, energy of the train on this trip. You start seeing drinks and plates and other items from the kitchen start coming out. The scents and smells fill the car, too. So that includes pipes and that includes all manner of uh, other things that are being imbibed on.
1: Fraser will have a cigarette while he's uh, waiting for his starter. just kind of look around, see who else is in the dining car. He's not really feeling much like talking at the moment, but he's also got this kind of memory of being in a dining car on this train some time back. The experience with the Duke, which was less than pleasant. Certainly. Uh, Well,
0: no uh, Dukes to be seen at this point. The people around you look fairly well-dressed, uh, nothing, like, there's no black tie events, obviously, happening here, but everyone is well-dressed. Uh, the serving staff seems to be doing their jobs, just from your experience of watching um, service aboard the train. All of them seem to be uh, well well in order, and um, seeing to their tables. If you're paying fairly close attention to the people who are around you, I'll offer you a hard spot hidden role.
1: Ooh, okay. Based on their recent experiences, Fraser does tend to be kind of on high alert whenever they're in a crowd or, you know, in in amongst a a number of people, especially since the the restaurant where he noticed that uh, the Comte was uh, sitting in the corner of the room just quietly observing what was going on. There's a certain amount of uh, paranoia, I think, just his, his general level of paranoia is a lot higher than it maybe was a few weeks ago before they embarked on this whole journey. So, spot hidden. Uh, no, that's actually a failure. Mm. All right, very good.
0: You do have the option, of course, of pushing that role, but without any sort of external desire.
1: Yeah, it's more of a sort of passive thing, isn't it, really? I'm not actually specifically looking for anything. Okay. The first round of appetizers arrive. The
0: staff, at the same time, place drinks in a pretty coordinated fashion. It does seem like a different member of staff brings the food out than the man that places your drinks, the staff member. But they do seem to place the drinks and then immediately thereafter place the appetizers. There's a sort of subtle but appreciative order to their actions. They seem to sort of tag team multiple tables throughout the space you can see them pulling out chairs, getting things ready and then seating diners and then laying drinks and laying it's all a very um, orchestrated move and you can see at the back end of the room there is a maitre d who stands there and he's not doing much at all which for someone like you who spent time in service, Fraser is exactly what you want to see he's available if necessary but he's not actually making any movements he might say a word or two to a staff member as they pass through back to the the kitchens but things seem to be running in tune and that's reassuring
1: for sure yeah absolutely that kind of um, puts him at his ease uh, a little
0: okay anybody else doing anything specific as uh, the train makes its way down the tracks?
2: Well, I'm feeling pretty ravenous after using Richard's device that just seems to take a lot out of you, so I am digging in.
0: Yeah, I think uh, eight magic points were spent by you, so you, you really have only maybe had an hour or so since that experience to recover a single point. And so, yeah, you're you're 100% ready to um, feed the beast, as we would say.
2: Chow down. In a very unladylike fashion.
0: Okay, so as I said, anybody else uh, as as we make our way down the road or tracks?
3: Um, Otherwise, Simon, besides drinking his glass of milk, is going to be flipping through his Greek book, and he will actually have the piece of ancient Greek text out on the table looking at it while going through the book.
0: Okay,
1: interesting.
4: Maggie isn't paying attention to much. She's reveling in the pain in her limbs that has returned. Very nice and pleasant.
1: Is there any outward sign from Maggie that she's in pain? Well, yeah, so
0: I, I, I don't want to um, telegraph anything the player doesn't want to telegraph, but I would say that given the fact that most of her body is in some sort of discomfort, there are going to be signs as she reaches for her glass or as she adjusting. Little things, right, that could be given away to people around her, right? Unless you, the player, are saying that you're keeping all that internalized.
4: No, I would imagine there's a lot of uh, wincing mostly wincing pains here and there, and
1: Fraser will kind of pick up on this a little bit. then are you uh, in some discomfort, Miss Balllanger
4: Oh, um yes, but it's it's quite all right, Mr. Fraser.
1: I'm sure we could arrange for a, a meal to be taken to your cabin if uh, if that would uh, be preferable for you
4: oh, that. I don't think that'll be necessary. I'm happy to spend my time out here with you.
1: Oh. Grant, Grant. hi,
0: Simon, why don't you give me a spot, hidden roll? given your position and the booth. Uh, this is going to coincide with some staff members dropping off your mains. So a couple of chicken kebabs, um, couscous, and then there's also some grilled vegetables along with that. Um, So when the additional proteins arrive, Lady Elizabeth, you get even more hungry. You can feel like that surge
3: inside your body that says, eat, eat. That's actually a 68 over 61, so it's a fail. Very well. Your mains
0: have
1: arrived. Fraser is also aware that her choice of uh, meal and style of partaking in said meal is a little different to what it has been of late. And he's not going to say anything, though. It has not escaped his notice. No, sir, I, I would imagine this sort of reminds you
0: of, we'll just say, the hamlet that you were in very recently. I'll just say it reminds you of some of the folks who were there that are um, good salt-of-the-earth people. Maybe not the most uh, mannered people.
2: Definitely eating more than I normally eat as well, because Fraser would be used to a very light sort of meal because of inflammation issues and so on, but nope, just devouring everything.
0: Uh, So, Simon, an arm reaches across the aisle. You see it tap you sort of on the elbow. You see a a hand tap you on the elbow as someone's beside you.
3: Yes, can I help you?
0: You see a tall man, ill-fitting suit. He seems to be uh, seated alone there across from the table that you're at. And spread out on his table are several pieces of paper. There's even a map and maybe a couple of other pieces of paper and he seems to be very very interested in your book and uh, he looks to the page you have open just sort of glancing at it and glancing at you and says, um,
3: do, you, um, do you read Greek? He has a heavy, thick accent. Uh, no sir, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to teach myself Greek though.
0: Hmm, hmm. A, a, a laudable thing. Uh, the study of ancient languages is a uh, is a fascinating and important uh, way to tell uh, stories about our future. I think.
3: Uh, what's your interest in this subject?
0: Oh, uh, Greek. Uh, none. I've, I've managed to get enough Greek down to be able to decipher what I need to. I uh, I have been working continuously on uh, Latin and, and Arabic and many of the other ancient languages in my studies. I'm. Uh, I'm a doctor, works at a university not far from here.
3: Well, which university would that be, sir?
0: Oh, the uh, University of uh, Sofia. It's University of Bulgaria, but
3: uh, it's at, at Sofia. I'm on my way home. Interesting. Um, what's that map of there, if you mind my asking? Oh, uh,
0: it's um, it's a dig site. He sort of turns the map towards you, and you see an topographical reference map of uh, a dig site and nearby he's got some photos on the table and uh, he's got a little pad of paper which he seems to be taking notes on and that's at this point that I'll give
3: you another spot hidden. And that's a 72 over 61. On the other hand is this specifically with the map or is it with the photos or something else? Uh, it's actually with his notepad Okay, because I was going to say I could attempt to push the roll with my geology, if it's a topographical map in that situation.
0: Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think the map is really what you would you be wanting to key in on. It's not what the spot hidden roll is for. There's nothing on the map that would
3: that would include the information. Well, I will push the roll, but the way I'll do it is I may actually ask him at this point. Ah, oh, sir, there is some interest in digs amongst my companions. Uh, one of our benefactors actually was conducting a uh, Dick in Greece, I believe, recently. This one, uh, what's the uh, time frame on it? And do you have any uh, insight into it? That's a 27. So that'd actually be a hard. Yeah.
0: So uh, with a hard success, you see a couple of things. Clearly visible on his notepad is the word Sedeqfar, like clearly written. And then there's a word below it that you can't make out, simulare, you're not sure if that's a, a reference to it, and then underlined is a word that you don't rightly recognize. It's definitely not in English. It starts with a D and then is immediately followed by a Z. It's, it's not anything that you uh, recognize. What you do recognize is the word that comes after that big long word, which is idle.
3: Have you found anything of interest there yet?
0: Oh, I am returning to Sofia after visiting a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Morik, at a dig site in uh, uh, Vinkovici. He sort of taps the map. There was a medieval vault that was discovered underneath the foundations of a school. The vault contained a varying amount of artifacts and manuscripts from a, well, rather secretive 13th century order, known as the Order of the Noble Shield. Dr. Morik asked me to, to translate several of the Latin manuscripts. He taps the book that he has at his side.
3: If I can ask, so Vinovici, that's, is that here in Yugoslavia or is it in Bulgaria?
0: Oh, um, it's, it's actually not too far from where from where we were, a very small town. Um, but we've, we've passed clearly. Uh, it's before Belgrade. It's between Zagreb and Belgrade.
3: With the geography I've been learning, traveling here, and a little bit of the history, um, is it odd that they would have Latin there instead of Greek? Since wasn't Greek more predominant in the Balkans? Am I correct?
0: You are, uh, at least in, in some ways correct, but Latin is a pervasive language and was used all over by scholars. And really, I think of it more as um, given the the text that was present inside the vault, 13th century, Latin would have been the more predominant language used. That's what I would expect to show up. For the rest of our investigators who are at the table, this conversation is happening right next to you. So you'll hear all of
3: this uh, and can freely, of course, choose to interact or not. I take out my notebook. Do you mind if I make a couple notes on this? Because I find this fascinating, sir.
0: Oh, certainly. Uh, so certainly um I, my research of course
3: is not done yet but um i guess what what notes would you need oh i'm i'm just noting down what you've told me about this while i myself am not an archaeologist i am an extremely skilled miner and geologist i guess you could say being able to identify the different strata and all
0: hmm. Hmm. yes quite um perhaps after um you finished uh, your meal we could um, sit and have a drink and and talk it over. I don't want to um, take you away from your your table. I apologize. I'm <laughs> I'm very excited.
3: Oh, I, I would I would love to do that, sir. I don't drink, but I'm sure that I could have something that would be non-alcoholic.
0: Of course, well, whatever your choice. Uh, whatever you just Please, please uh, in, enjoy your meal.
3: Oh, and I apologize. My name is Simon Griffith, and you, are, sir, you are Professor.
0: Oh, um, Doctor do, Jordanov, Doctor Dodanov, jo- Jordanov. He says it really slow. I my apologies, sir. It, it's okay. It, it's all right. We we deal with um many people from England and and beyond the states here, and the, the language is a little different.
3: Well, thank you, sir. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: Mm, as am I. He turns back to his papers and sort of collects them a little bit and sets them to the side.
1: As his food begins arriving, I think I'll um, look at Simon. I'm just going kind to of raise an eyebrow.
3: Simon lifts his little notebook so the page that he's writing on cannot be seen by the doctor. And he writes down Sedefkar Vinovici site.
1: Fraser just sort of takes a moment, reads it, and then nods. How was your. Um, is it a. Kebab and couscous, your ladyship. Wonderful, thank you, Mr. Fraser.
2: Spices around this place are quite delightful. We should take some home if we ever get
1: back. Well, I was going to say I could perhaps uh, see if I can find the recipe and uh, have uh, cook rustle something up for you back at home.
2: Marvelous, I say, taking another big bite. And then I have a second glass of wine.
0: The dinner moves along just a little bit. Until you get to dessert, which is baklava, a uh, extraordinarily excellent version of one. The layers of phyllo dough and the honey and the nuts are fantastic. Truly a treat if you've never had it, especially if it's homemade.
2: I would imagine we've never had it.
0: I would imagine not. No, this is probably a new thing. And it's served warm as it seems to have just been finished. And so the layers are just the right amount of spongy is the wrong word but there's there's some some lift to them um, the honey is not by any means um, overpowering although it is there and while we're all at dinner I will afford the investigators another spot hidden mole
1: well, while he's um, uh, eating this uh, baklava Fraser will say well I must see your leadership this uh this dessert puts Mrs. Wilson's spotted dick to shame.
2: Quite. Not sure this would be up to her capabilities, but perhaps we can find an exporter.
1: So is that spot hidden for everyone, yeah? It is spot hidden for everybody,
0: yep. Something they could pick up on during dinner. That's an extreme
3: success for me. Ooh, boy.
2: Zero eight under 63, and I've got a very bad feeling about
3: this. Uh, Another 27 under 61, so another hard success.
2: And a hard success for Maggie as well.
3: Here we go. Okay, Um,
0: so during dinner, during the, we'll say post-conversation with Dr. Jordanov that Simon has, and during dessert, you all sort of pick up on something that you may not reveal to one another right away, but eventually... It becomes very noticeable, especially to our two people, two investigators with extreme successes. There is a wait staff member here who doesn't fit the bill and it takes you a while to ascertain it. I'm probably going to say within reason, and it really makes sense actually, given the extreme successes here, but it's the two people who spend their days amongst the prim and proper of society that notice something is off. So I'll give each one of you a little glimpse as to what you see, and then you can choose to sort of do what with that information as you like. Mr. Fraser, one of the things that you notice about one of the wait staff members here that is going up and down serving members who are in the dining car here is he doesn't seem to be doing his complete job. He is um, being available like any wait staff member should be in case someone needs something. He seems to be taking orders. At least that's what it looks like at first. Um, but then your brain kind of connects a couple of things, which is he's writing things down, but he's not actually speaking. There's no interaction with the table that he's next to. And that seems a little strange. And what you pick up on Lady Elizabeth is his clothing is simply not It's a proper fit. And most people would never notice it. But like the points of where his uniform shoulders are at, mm -mm, that's not right. That doesn't make any sense. The staff here would not overlook that. The maitre d' certainly would, if he's paying attention, would 100% correct that staff member and say, go get a jacket that fits you properly. For our other folks who have hard successes, you pick this out, pick things out too Is this member of staff here seems to be walking up and down the aisles and one of the things you notice is he passes an elderly woman who's ha- simply having a drink and she says something to him likely you know, she's done with her drink you know please take this and he completely walks past her like she does not exist and that is completely out of sorts it's not so loud in the dining car here that he couldn't hear her And staff members are meant to be attentive to the tables that they're waiting on. And so he continues his path past Dr. Jordanov. But Simon, this is where your spot hidden picks up. He pauses at Dr. Jordanov's table.
3: What does he seem to be doing? I mean, is he clearly glancing over everything? Is he making notes? Um, He seems to be
0: slowing down to take notes at what Dr. Jordanov is doing. At least that seems what it like for a second. And then the waitstaff member that comes up the row and he seemed to, to have to shift around one another a little bit as he continues back towards the maitre d'.
3: Uh, I actually will stand up since he's paused mm-hmm. and tap him on the shoulder and say, excuse me, sir. That's is very rude.
0: Um, you stand up into the aisle. This other member of staff is, is kind of sort of between you and him when you do so. But you make it a point to make sure that everyone, that you know, that he knows that you're talking to him. And he looks back at you sort of incredulously. He gives you a really rude look and then takes a couple of steps away towards the maitre D.
3: I am going to actually head towards the maitre d'.
0: Okay. So this man is going to, this staff member is going to get to the maitre d' before you do. You're, you would still have to move around this other gentleman. As you do, as you move around that other gentleman, this way staff member that you sort of all have picked out and now some of you are probably staring at, um, with a flick of his wrist, a blade appears in his hand and he shoves it into the Major d's stomach hard and then pushes him down on the ground.
3: Okay, well, I'm gonna kneel and throw. Okay. Um, I'll let you do that before initiative goes, but, but yes, go right ahead. Uh, that is a 71 over a 50, so it is going to stick in the wall.
0: Yeah, um, likely uh, you pitch the knife and it goes into the wall near this section of people. Uh, there's gasps from the crowd, obviously, that are in the dining car as uh, violence has erupted. The maitre d is now screaming um, with his you know, stomach having been stabbed and blood is beginning to go everywhere. A round of uh, dexterity. I believe uh, Miss Bellinger is fairly fast. Uh,
4: Miss Bellinger is at 85.
0: Lady Elizabeth? 64. 64. Fraser, I assume that you're going to want to get into this. Yep, 60. Okay. So Simon is technically on 80. He went before everyone because he was sort of precipitating that situation going bad. Um, so I will offer you, Miss Bellinger, the opportunity to act in this fashion.
4: Is there a heavy lamp or um, if if not that, a serving tray or plate that I can use to try to smash uh, this guy's, like it, throw it at him or hit him in the head with it in some way? He is a distance away, so I would imagine I'd be throwing it.
0: You would be throwing it, yes. Um, so... There's no heavy lamp for you to really grab. Most of the lamps that are here are overhead. There are no serving trays as that would not be becoming a member, uh, a service in this style. We wouldn't leave trays out. There are some fairly um, heavy plates that are available to you. Um, one that might have a little couscous left on it. You could sling through the air if you'd like.
4: Yeah, I will. I will do that. See if I can uh, at least knock him off kilter a bit so that my companions can get their attacks in
0: certainly i would uh, welcome you to have a throw roll
4: oh fantastic uh that's a 74 over 20
0: okay yeah so you whip a plate in that direction and what i'll do is just i'll make a a 50 50 roll as to whether or not it will hit someone else because that seems like a lot of fun um yep yeah, okay 59 uh so We'll say a plate, a thrown plate, probably does about a D three damage. I think, given the the heft of these plates, it, cr- it crashes into the face of an old woman that's standing not far from you. She's sitting. She's gotten up to try to leave, and she gets hit in the head by a plate. Uh, she goes down in a heap here in the booth. Um, so at the very least, she's not in your way the next time you try to whip a plate. Oh shoot! Whoops! All right. So our assailant is going to go and he is going to remove himself from visible range. Uh, the major d' is bleeding out now uh, here in the doorway between the dining car and where the kitchen is. A couple people begin making their way into spaces. Dr. Jardanov moves to the far side of his booth and lays down, like covers up, because he doesn't want to be hit by Maggie throwing plates. Uh, this staff member will retreat back to the maitre d' and attempt to assist him. Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy on 64.
2: Can I get to the maitre d'?
0: So from where you're at right now, um, you would have to exit into the, the walkway, the pathway, uh, middle of the car. And then you'd have to get around Simon. Not impossible. And then you'd have to make your way to the maitre d' who is being helped by someone else. It is possible for you to get there, yes.
2: Okay, if he's being helped by someone else and Simon is in active fighting mode, I think I'll wait on that. Um, But I will uh, pick up my walking stick, which we've established I do have this evening because of the previous exhausting events. And uh, if anyone comes near me, they're going to potentially get uh, thwacked.
3: Hmm.
0: Sounds like a fantastic idea. Fraser on 60.
1: Fraser will get up, see that there's quite a kind of crowd of people in and around the uh, the table and the, the corridor. And he, he's just going to climb over the tables in order to get to where the maitre d' is. Okay,
0: yeah. Um. I think given the amount of people and given the fact that the train is moving, I'm going to ask for a climb roll. A climb roll,
1: yeah, okay. So, I mean, he's basically just kind of clambering over the, the tables until he gets into a, kind of a clear space of corridor. Now, the plan is to um, briefly stop to see if the, um, the waiter that's attending to the Matri d' needs any assistance, and if not, to pursue the uh, assailant. I rolled a zero one. one Ooh. Well, you
0: have a, you have a tendency to, to draw zero ones pretty recently. I just heard an episode where you did that. So we'll give you, as we always do, five points of luck or your smashing amount of luck, you hurdle not only Maggie, um, you step lively there on the table nearby where Maggie threw the plate and hit that lady in the head, and you get to the table where the major d' has fallen near, um, and you'll be able to assist him next round, should you so choose.
1: Well, and what I'm going to say is, is you all right? Do you need help? Um, uh, we're going to need a doctor, the, the man looks up at you. Can you bind him quickly? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. In that case, I'm going to leave him to it.
3: Since I'm just a few feet away from Fraser at this point and I hear him, I go, Fraser, you go on ahead. I'll go ahead and uh, get him stable. Come on with me, Simon. I need you.
1: The waiter can deal with him. So you can hear the heavy footfalls, Fraser,
0: of this man making his way further and further away. Um, It's at that point that we will turn to the top of the round. And we will ask Miss Bellinger after she's done throwing plates. Is she actually done, or would you like to whip a few more plates around?
4: Well, that didn't go to plan uh, for Maggie. And knowing that I've just got these weak, hurt, sore, spindly arms for not uh, good plate whippers, I will uh, take after take Mister Fraser's lead, and I want to try to tackle this man while shouting, who sent you? You can't take them from me.
0: Ooh. Okay, so you have an awful lot of move, but we'll say that it's going to take you at least a little bit of that extra movement rate that you get to get around Simon, who's not exactly the smallest person here amongst the party. Um, You're going to be able to squeeze past the maitre d' and get behind Fraser a little bit here as the two of you thunder down the hallway to stop this assailant, Um, at which point it will be Simon's action.
3: Uh, well, Simon is going to try and surge forward. And is Fraser in the aisle already, I'm assuming?
0: Yeah, Fraser's in the aisle, and he's actually made his way just a little bit. You can still see him. He's moving through that back kitchen area, probably towards the car that's beyond the dining car, which you imagine is likely the foreline.
3: But is there anything I could raise or swing myself on? Like a post or um, these chairs that are bolted to the floor or anything?
0: Yeah, you could potentially use the chairs here to, when you get to where this collection of, you know, maitre d' and and staff member are, you could potentially use the um, backrests of these chairs to sort of push yourself up and over the two of them and land, you know, in the back of the conga line with (laughs) the rest of the investigators.
3: That's pretty much what I'm trying to do. Okay. And what's your strength? Strength is 80. I won't make you roll for it.
0: You get up and and over them and then join your uh, fellow investigators here in this line of bodies that are heading after this assailant. You would hear, Fraser, uh, actually all three of you who are pursuing would hear the distinct opening of the door that goes between cars. You would hear that sound. Do we know what the next car is? You came from the other way, so you're not necessarily sure what it could be. It could either be another sleeping car, or it could be a furloin. Lady Elizabeth.
2: So, I didn't try to push through the crowd of people, uh, because I'm not that strong. I'd like to have a look around and see if there's anyone else, especially because the doctor that Simon was talking to dove under a table, and it might be the other guy was a distraction because we have never had just one assailant ever. <laughs> so. That's true. So I'm going to see if I can try and spot anyone else.
0: Sure. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm going to spend five points of luck and make that a success.
0: So you take a look around after the commotion goes essentially camera right and Then there's more commotion, camera left, because people are getting out of their chairs and out of their seats, and they're beginning to fill the aisles with um, bodies because they want to be away from whatever's going on. I will note for you, Lady Elizabeth, because you're the only one left in this car at this point. One thing is strange. You have not yet heard anyone call for the Orient Express's train guards yet. There's been no whistles. And that could be because the maitre d' is one of the people who has such a whistle. And so nobody has called for them as of yet. But interestingly enough, as people are making their way out, what you do see is a line of people have moved to your left down to go uh, sort of back towards the front of the car. And there is a, a man in a dark suit who empties out into the aisle. And just as Dr. Jordanov is beginning to sort of ease back up, you see this man going into his jacket pocket.
2: How close is he to me? Mm, by
0: map, he is probably no more than 10 or so feet.
2: Can I try and hit him with my cane to stop him, whatever he's doing?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can uh, make a move towards him. It's probably not going to go super
2: well with my fighting brawl of thirty-five.
0: No, certainly not. But um, you can certainly try. Uh, he, of course, will uh, will fight back.
2: Okay, that is a twenty-six or regular success.
0: Okay, very good. I will beat that with the five that I've rolled, and I am going to. When you raise your cane to him, I assume you're going to hit with the um the phoenix head of it because it's the
2: the heaviest part. Yeah.
0: He sees it coming in and when he does he does something thoroughly socially unthinkable. He punches you in the face. Oof. And he will do so for four points of damage. So you reach back with the cane and you would think that any other person in that position would try to shield themselves and get out of the way. He steps right in to your personal space and he punches you hard and, as hard as he can in the nose. And your head sort of just explodes with all sorts of starlight and pain. Um, you've never been punched in the face like this, not this way, but yeah, we'll celebrate your uh, attempts soon enough. You did do one thing for certain and that is possibly keep Dr. John from getting shot this round because it's not this guy's action. Yeah. Okay. 85 Maggie continuing on your run around in the train?
4: Yes, I would like to continue in hot pursuit.
0: You are in hot pursuit. You get to the door that opens. Are you going to continue on through? Yeah. Okay.
4: Reckless abandon.
0: We'll move you. um, And so you get to the sleeper car. Um, This is not your sleeper car. Just FYI. On
1: 60 then, Fraser, take your action. Um, Yeah, so uh, I think Fraser will look Slightly aghast at the fact that uh, Maggie has uh, run up to join them and to, to join the chase and just say, Miss Bellinger st- stay back. The man's d- dangerous and armed. Stay with the Lady Elizabeth. And he will then hair off down the corridor, down the train corridor, um, in pursuit of the man. Of course, Maggie will completely ignore him. Yeah, as she's wont to do. I believe
0: her move is higher than yours. So when she does move, quote-unquote, at the beginning of next round, um, she will outpace you just a little bit. Okay,
3: so, Simon. Uh, Unless I hear Lady E, I'm pursuing Fraser, and uh, we are in pursuit of the Gentleman with the Knife.
0: um, So you all abandon Lady Elizabeth to continue the pursuit, which is just great, because it gives me a little one-on-one time with Lady Elizabeth, which I enjoy. So... Speaking of, the assailant in front of her will now get his action. Uh, he takes a step back and he produces a small pistol. You're not really sure. it's a. It looks like a maybe a, a, a tiny derringer that someone might carry on them. He produces it and he will point the gun at you, brandishes the gun at you and says, stay out of my way. And then moves it immediately left and attempts to shoot. Dr. Jordanov. So a gun goes off. He misses Dr. Jordanov, but he gets very close. So now the dining car is full of pistol smoke now too. Um, and at which point it is now your action, Lady Elizabeth.
2: Is there an aisle beyond him or is he pulling himself up against a wall?
0: Yeah, so imagine that that he is in a booth and he has moved from one of the chairs to, the, to a chair by the window. And he is ducking down, trying to get low. And this pistol shot goes into the sort of wingback chair that he's in. It misses him. He shrieks because he's scared.
2: Understandably. I'm going to do something very stupid. We like this. And I'm going to move between him and the man, and then I'm going to try and hit the man again.
0: All right. So go ahead and give me a um, fighting brawl
2: roll. In the heat of the moment, this feels like a great idea. Got a 10.
0: Okay. So, yeah. um, I guess he'll attempt to dodge. That's a terrible dodge. All right. So, I'd say the cane is D6. That seems fair. So, go ahead and roll. It's four. You whap him with the cane. Oh! So, that was... Lady Elizabeth on 64, and now, because we won't forget Mr. Fraser, we will give him his action on
1: 16. Okay, so perspective has changed somewhat. Simon is right behind me. Maggie has run past me. I've just heard a shot, presumably, from the other carriage. Yes. Um, I think Fraser's head darts back. Damn it! Simon, have you this in hand?
3: Go back, Fraser. Stabilize the maitre d', look after Lady E, and save everybody.
1: Well, you said Maggie. I don't know what she's doing. She's charged past me. I got this. Maggie's crazy. Tell me something I didn't know. And I'll run back.
0: All right. You move past Simon back, the car that you've come from, and we'll give you your move just right around the kitchen's area where the maitre d' is being attended to. Um, the staff member there that you'd left not but moments ago is is binding his wound and you just get around this portion here of the wall and you see Lady Elizabeth locked in what looks like Mortal Kombat with her cane, with another assailant, and this man has a pistol in his hand.
1: Despite his paranoia, I think it's fair to say that Fraser wouldn't have brought his gun to uh, the dining carriage for his evening meal. And as he would have to go past the stramash that's going on in the in the carriage just now to get it from his his carriage i think he's just gonna have to weigh in with whatever comes to hand i think he'll look for a makeshift weapon maybe a bottle of wine or something like that
0: Hmm. yeah i think that's reasonable you've just moved so that's really all you've done we'll pay a, a simple game of high low as we like to do we won't require a luck roll um, and we'll say that there is um yes uh in a table just up the way there, on the right, there is a, a bottle of champagne that looks like it's been turned upside down after uh, full service, and is sitting chilling in, uh, awaiting your arrival.
1: All right, then. I will um, reach for it to grab it.
0: Well, certainly when you get a chance to. We'll turn back to Miss Bellinger now on eighty-five. Are you continuing your pursuit, Maggie.
4: Yes, I would like to tackle this gentleman once I close the distance between us.
0: You are able to close the distance between the two of you, and you can see that he has stopped here near the sleeping car and has has wrenched open one of the windows.
4: Oh, he's not! I don't want him to get away that easily. If I can pull him away from it or tackle him, that's what I would like to do.
0: I suppose you'd better make a fighting brawl roll and attempt to tackle him then. Gladly do that.
4: I will get a hard success on that.
0: So I'm going to make getting brawl wool as well because he does not want to be tackled by some psychotic American woman. So we'll say that um, you you have a greater stage of success than this man does. And so you tackle him to the ground with a heavy thud. You see that he has a a bag, a small satchel bag with him that he was carrying. You don't see any sign of the knife because he was having to work with both hands to open the window. But when you tackle him and that bag, it um, it makes a squish sound. And I'll leave you there for the moment. So let's see here, that will bring us to Simon, who is uh, continuing his pursuit. When you uh, drift into this sleeper car hallway, you hear the howling wind, as the uh, Orient Express is probably doing a good 60 to 70 miles per hour. You see Miss Bellinger having tackled this man and they seem to be rolling around on the ground.
3: I'm going to run up and if I have the opportunity, I'm going to kick the guy in the head.
0: Yeah, I'd say that you easily have the opportunity to do so. Uh, Put you at advantage given the fact that he will not be able to really get out of the
3: way of it. All right. With the bonus die, I rolled a 55 and I will spend the five luck to make that a success and boot him.
0: Okay, roll damage for me with a kick.
3: Uh, That's only one, but I do have a strength bonus.
0: Okay, so you deal him four points of damage. Um, There is a significant pop from your shoe as it connects with his skull. Maggie, you feel his, his body shake, obviously. You're really not terribly concerned with what's happening externally. You just really want him to not run out that window. And so I'll leave the three of you there in this hallway for greener pastures and those greener pastures find us back in the original dining car as fraser watches as this man who's carrying what looks like a derringer perhaps a two-shot derringer takes the pistol and re-adjusts his aim and he dead center fires at you lady elizabeth as we all know no dodging firearms Take six.
2: Oof! Glad we don't have major wounds in pulp.
0: Yep. Max damage from the uh, the Derringer here, the twenty-five caliber Derringer. You watch Fraser as as she gets shot, center mass. Fuck is going down. Uh, there is a second plume of pistol smoke, and your entire core is rocked by gunfire, specifically something meant to kill you. But you're made of sterner stuff than that, as a pulp investigator, and so. It is now on 64-year action after having been shot.
2: I think I let out a very unladylike stream of curses. I don't know what shocks Mr. Fraser more, the swearing or the (laughs) the shot going off. Just kind of hold my chest and look surprised, and then I'm going to try and, with what little strength I have left, hit him again. Because if it's a two-shot derringer, he has to reload, so. That's right. And I would have grown up around firearms with father and Raymond being hunters. so
0: Yeah, you're less probably cognitive, honestly, and you're probably more reactionary at this point. So
2: I'm just going to try and hit him again.
0: That sounds fine to me.
2: Yeah, I'm going to spend the luck. So I'm going to spend 15 points of luck and make it a hard success.
0: Okay, very good. Roll damage.
2: Okay. Six max damage this time.
0: Um, you take six and give six. So you crack him right against the skull and um, he whirls a little bit. Fraser, you can see that the world is spinning for this man as he's now trying to latch on to something to, to hold him up steady.
2: That was not fucking polite. Your ladyship.
0: language. Speaking of uh, Mr. Fraser, his action on
1: 60. Okay, so Fraser is going to grab this bottle, stride forward, and uh, with death to I I can muster, crack him uh, across the noggin with it. What I'm going to try for is a fighting manoeuvre and a knockout blow, which will deal just, if I succeed, will deal just one point of damage, but will render him unconscious, if that is acceptable to you, Mr Keeper, sir. Um, okay, so that is a regular success but I am willing to spend as much luck as I need to to ensure that it connects and does its job. Well, he is going to
0: attempt to dodge at disadvantage now um, because he doesn't completely want to get hit in the head with a bottle. He's already been hit once. That is currently a 12. All right. So I'll ask, what are you prepared to spend to? I'll spend down to an extreme because that's as far as I can go. You won't. You won't have to. So I'll give you the information that you'll only have to spend to a hard success. I spent twenty-one points of luck. Okay, so I make a con roll we'll to see if he stays conscious. Oh, and he does. He does with a four. He stays conscious.
1: Right. So do I? How does that? Work? Do I just do one point of damage to him, and then he stays conscious? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you
0: can hear the ring. The bottle doesn't smash. But there's a significant ping sound as this bottle dances off his head. We'll move back to the other sleeper car with Miss Bellinger. Um, so you are on top of a man and Simon is, has kicked this man in the head. Uh, Miss Bellinger, what are you doing to attempt to um, stay in control of the situation?
4: I Whatever he has in this bag, I want to see what it is. I want to grab that. Uh, assuming that he's been, to some extent, incapacitated by the head kick. Maybe he's uh, disoriented. I want to grab the bag and look in it. Do you know? I do.
0: Make me a dexterity roll.
4: I've never wanted anything more.
0: I don't believe that.
4: I failed. 98 over
0: 85. Okay. Any interest in spending the luck for it? You just got done saying you never wanted anything more.
4: Yeah, no, I feel like I do want to spend the luck. How many luck is that? Eight uh, plus five. 13. 13. Yeah, I'll spend it.
0: Okay, you spend it. You grab the bag from him and wrench it open. Inside there is a, well, there's a hand. It's been separated near the wrist with a vicious weapon and the bag is steeped in the blood left over. And so, because it's a rather gory scene, I'm going to have you make a Sandy roll for me.
4: Fantastic. That is an extreme success.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, this is gross, and it's gross to be carrying body parts around with you. Well, most of the time, anyway. So, um, yeah, he he seems to have taken some sort of trophy. So, yeah, he's got a dirty, bloody hand with him. It's a male hand. Uh, seems to be fairly large.
4: That is a bit off-putting. Even though I I passed my sand roll, I can kind of imagine Maggie standing up, clutching this bag, looking into it, and uh, Simon's right there, and then saying, Simon, Simon, this this man's carrying around someone's severed hand in this bag.
3: All right, right, Maggie, Um, I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not going to look, but um, I'm going to be tying this this Joker's uh, legs together, if you don't mind.
0: Well, he, he will get an action, but not before you, Simon. And it is now your action, so go right ahead.
3: I'm going to be tying his legs together. Is he out or is he still conscious? No, he's still conscious. Oh, no, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clock him. I want to put him down. Okay. I don't want to kill him, but I definitely w- want him stopped.
0: So what you're saying is you'd like to knock him out. Yes. So that's a combat maneuver, which you can do to... Potentially knock him out. You can absolve yourself of doing any additional damage and then simply make an attack roll.
3: I cannot push combat rolls, correct?
0: No, you can't push him. You spend a bunch of luck if you want.
3: Really don't have the luck to spend right now. So uh, that is a miss. Uh, so I don't hit him square enough. I just glance off his shoulder instead.
0: Yeah, you actually punch the ground as he, he moves out of the way. And then on, on his action he's going to attempt to kick you in the balls. Because who likes to be kicked in the head, really? You may make a fight back roll now, or a dodge roll, depending upon what you'd like to do.
3: Um, I'll just step aside and dodge that one. And that's a fail at 74. Oof. Okay, well,
0: you're going to take two points of damage from getting kicked somewhere very unpleasant. So on 70... The back in the dining car, the man hit by the bottle turns and spins around, and it looks for a moment, Fraser, like he's going to come around with his fist either at you or Lady Elizabeth. And he completely corkscrews himself onto the ground and collapses in
1: a heap. Are you all right, Your Ladyship?
2: Just sort of looking down at the gaping, bloody wound in my chest. Uh, yes, never been better, Mister Fraser
1: immediately going to um, um, try and attend to her ladyship when you turn to her
0: and look at Lady Elizabeth it looks like her nose is broken her nose is streaming blood and it's sort of beginning to add to the smoking
1: chest wound that she has Um, I, I want to try and do some first aid because there's nobody else about who can do it if she'll allow me
2: Yes, just sort of stagger back as the adrenaline uh, wears off and fall back into the booth.
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to get that bullet out. You can begin the first aid process. We will acknowledge that that is what the two of you are doing. One is attempting first aid and the other is being first aided. You can make that roll if you want, Fraser, obviously first aid takes more than a
1: few combat rounds but it will be what you are doing. Sure. And I will shout if there's, if there's any waiters or anything around or uh, anyone that looks in any way capable. I will around, shout, at, shout at them to tie that man up! Okay. Uh, would you like me to roll
0: the first aid just now? Or? I would. That would be wonderful. Just so that way it's done and I'm on, the, on the docket.
1: Uh, what is my first aid? Okay. That's a zero one. Again.
0: All right, so five more points to luck to you, sir, and then... What we'll say is that um, Fraser is doing his absolute best uh, to get you comfortable and begin the process of figuring out whether or not surgery is going to be necessary. So at the back of the train, things are a little different. Miss Bellinger, this man is continuing to fight and he is continuing to cause problems for Simon. So given that it's your action, I'll just ask what you'll be doing.
4: Oh, yeah, I will drop the bag with the hand. I want to get my hands around this guy's throat if I can get on top of him and grab his throat and kind of bash his head into the floor.
0: Mm, very visceral. Um. So I think that's a fighting brawl role and you're attempting to sort of choke him out.
4: Ooh, that is a fail.
0: Okay, Um. so he'll fight back against you, of course, uh, and attempt to headbutt you. Uh, which he does with zero 06 uh, for two points of damage. So when you get on top of him and try to strangle him, he tries to sit up and realizes that you don't weigh as much as a regular combatant, and he gets enough force behind him that he can surge forward. And when he does so, his head connects with your the bridge of your nose, and it really stings. And so Simon will get to act before he does.
3: So he's now sitting up, correct? Yes. Uh, Simon drops onto his right knee, loops his right arm around his neck from behind, and just tries to throttle him into submission.
0: It's fighting brawl roll. That's a miss. Okay, so he'll take his action to stand up and sort of push Miss Bellinger off of him uh, and back onto the ground. Um, And when he does so, he is going to make a jump roll. So that is a 20 enough for his jump, he leaps out the window with the train at full speed.
4: Yeah, Maggie would probably, like, rush to the window to see, watch what is about to unfold.
0: Uh, Unfortunately, it's not only dark, but the train is moving at such a speed that by the time you get your head to the window and look out, all you see is darkness, a little bit of snow. It's hard to tell. I mean, The ground is relatively close by. Uh, but there are some rocks here and he may have had a very untimely fate that he chose for himself
4: and Maggie sighs and kind of shakes her head and goes back over to the bag and picks it up uh Simon are you all right um, should we join everyone else are are you okay
3: I'm fine just my uh,
4: uh well let's uh, let's make sure that... Mr. Fraser and Lady Elizabeth are um, at least doing as well as us. Hopefully.
3: Let's go back and check on them. I had a shot. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope that everybody's okay. So we'll head back.
0: You head back in time to see Lady Elizabeth being tended to. Um, so because of the critical success, I'll say that, um, Lady Elizabeth can heal four hit points and that is mostly, mostly facially given the situation that Fraser finds her in as far as the bullet goes. It is not a through-and-through through shot, which means there is a 25 caliber bullet sitting inside of her.
1: We're going to need Paul to deal with this, I think.
2: About time here and his keep.
1: All right, let's see what this fellow's got to say for himself. I shall haul the uh, unconscious assailant up onto uh, a seat. I'm hoping somebody's tied him up. The uh, the train guards themselves, the Orient Express
0: guards, have arrived at this point and they have um, taken him into custody. Um, and so he is tied up, but he's also being taken away. So by that time, the others will have joined the car, seeing this assailant being carried away. Uh, the maitre d' is, he's been taken from the dining car by members of staff who are seeing to him. And it's at this point that, from the front of the car, Paul makes his way in, having seemingly having heard the commotion. Paul, I'm here. Her ladyship's been shot. Oh, gods! He comes over with his medical bag.
1: Well, um, all right. New
2: experiences and all that.
0: Yes, I see. I see. Let's see what I can do. He takes out of his bag couple of things, some tools, a very long pair of forceps. And then he begins his work, which includes cleaning the area in question. Fraser, he asks you to stand in a very specific position because he's, of course, going to have to open your dress and or blouse enough to get to the bullet wound.
1: Yes, I will stand with my back to her um covering her modesty. All right, Paul, let's see what you got. So he
0: does seem to treat the area before he operates on it. He offers you something for the pain and then works with utmost care to retrieve a small metal bullet that is sort of inside your body.
2: Imagine it still hurts like hell.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, there's a significant amount of pain. Paul does seem to have a very specific, almost um, mechanical process that he goes through of how he treats this. It's very scientific. Perhaps his bedside manner could use a little work in this regard, but uh, you're very happy to see the round come out of you.
2: Don't think I'll be keeping that, Paul. Dear
1: God. You're very lucky, Um, Your leadership.
2: Don't I know it.
1: What was he doing? Where did he come from?
2: Back of the car. He was going after the uh, professor. Point two. Him On the other side of the booth.
1: Is he still here, yeah?
0: Yeah, um, he's sat in his seat, the seat he was nearly shot in, and he seems to be trying to put himself together. This is something, Fraser, that you've seen, especially in wartime when people are nearly killed. He's seemingly a little bit in shock. He's trying to get himself together.
1: I shall um, see if I can find uh, a bottle of... Something and pour him a drink and just put it in front of him. Drink that man. And then you can tell us why that man was trying to shoot you.
0: He barely offers you a response other than a nod and seems to go to the drink fairly quickly. I'm just going to stand and watch him. Yeah. I mean, he takes a few minutes to recover from this. Those of you, uh, Miss Bellinger and and Simon, who were in back, were able to recover and get back up here, see Paul eventually sort of close up his um, work on Lady Elizabeth. He tells you, Lady Elizabeth, that um, he'll keep the bullet. Um, Perhaps you might want it as a souvenir. He takes it away. He tells you that he'll return it to you when it's uh, properly sterilized. And then he heads back to his sleeping car the staff come and check on the both of you, actually really everybody that was involved in it. They come to check on um, the doctor who ostensibly is eventually introduced as Dr. Jordanov because the staff mention him by name. He takes two or three more drinks, um, trying to steady himself. He does not appear to be made for this, (laughs) uh, at least by the reaction that he's having. He confesses to you, Fraser, that he has no idea who these men are, nor why they would want to kill him.
1: Can I make a psychology role? Absolutely. That's a zero nine. 9 an extreme success. Yeah, you don't get any
0: feeling at all that he has any knowledge of why he was almost killed. He seems perfectly in shock and uh, aghast at what's happened.
1: What do you do for a living? Is it a uh, doctor? Uh, y- yes, yes, a uh, doctor. Doctor of, not medicine, I presume? History.
0: History? Hmm. Yes. Yes, I work at a university in Sofia.
1: What are you working on?
0: Oh, uh, well, I was working on uh, some maps that uh, a fellow uh, friend of mine had, uh, Uh, We'd met up and had a... We'd we'd gone to a dig site.
1: What dig site? What fellow? What maps? I'm sorry, sir. Who are you? Never mind.
2: He's with the person who just prevented you from getting shot, if that helps.
1: The man has just tried to kill you. We're trying to ascertain why that might be. Yes, and I'll leave it to the train guards So it's perfectly fine with you, sir. I don't
0: like your line of questioning all of a sudden.
1: I see. Would you rather we had uh, not protected you when this uh, this fellow was trying to shoot you. No, sir, but I won't be badgered by
0: your questioning without you identifying yourself. It's rude. I think we're past rudeness now, sir.
1: Oh. Don't you consider the situation to be somewhat precarious for you? If this man was trying to shoot you, perhaps there was another. I'm merely trying to ascertain why it might be that there are men on this, uh, on this train that uh, threaten your life. Now, if you don't want any assistance with that uh, particular matter then uh, we'll go ahead tell the train guards what did they do to stop this from happening what did they do to, to protect you absolutely nothing but we were here sir
0: yes it's very true you were right here that's very true
1: my manner may seem brusque sir but it's because i'm trying to get to the the heart of the matter as quickly as possible i'm not made for this sort of thing i don't i don't
0: know who they are and as far as the dig information, we were in investigating a dig uh, outside of Belgrade, in Via Vidic. Dr. Morik, uh, an associate of mine,
1: if you must know. This dig, was there any trouble at the dig? None. Anybody calls you any, uh, uh, any impediment to what, what you're doing, or any uh, undue interest in the dig? No, it was rather calm. We spent a a little while there, and uh,
0: my associate had some manuscripts he wanted me to take a look at that he'd recovered there from um,
1: Order of Knights in the 13th century. Are they of significant historical interest or value? Mm, I don't know about value, but um, Yorda was secretive, and
0: um, I was going to be continuing my... um, Research,
1: before I got back to the university. A secretive order, you say? Might I ask what what the nature of this order was? Does it still exist today? Not to my knowledge. This order went out of some time ago.
0: At least from everything I've been able to research here. It was known as the uh, Order of the Noble Shield. A religious order? Mm, possibly. Potentially an order of knights? I'm looking to get back to the university to take this material and cross-reference it with what I have.
1: Well, sir, do you uh, have any objection to our uh, accompanying you to your destination? Uh, speaking with uh, whoever it is that uh, you're providing this, uh, this information to, perhaps we can assist in getting to the bottom of this. Uh, perhaps we can uh, act as a, a protective measure for you if anyone should threaten your life again. Well, uh, it seems you are better fit for something
0: like that than I am. But Sophia is my home, and certainly um, I shouldn't have too much trouble there, I wouldn't think.
1: Well, we don't know, do we? We don't know why this man was trying to take your life. I would imagine there is something about you, or what you have about your person, or about your work, that he and his companion considered uh, worth risking all for there was um there was a strange
0: reference among some of the notes that I've been through already a reference to a heretic heretic name was Sidekfar sort of points to the book opens it up I found references to some strange statue that was recovered really hoping to
1: find out more about it
2: you probably really don't want to
1: when you say. Statue recovered? Recovered from where and when? Uh, Well, the description is remarkably
0: similar to something a a former student named, uh, a student of mine, uh, Ivo Penev, discovered many years ago. He claimed to have purchased uh, the head of a statue from a farmer. It's a rather strange tale. Perhaps we can talk about it.
1: The colour drains from Fraser's face when the head of a statue is mentioned and glances across at the ladyship and the others.
0: Well, he called the statue um, the ZZ of Idol. It's named after a mythological race of dwarves many Slavic creation stories uh, key in on. Evo submitted a paper on this discovery Uh, to the National Archaeological Museum. And in it, he claimed the statue was evidence of pre-human civilization. It didn't go over very well. It was filled with some very wild speculation. The academic community rejected the paper, which, of course, didn't go over very well with Evo, as you can imagine.
1: Where is the student that is Evo now? Hmm...
0: I'm not certain. I haven't seen him in many, many years. I have a copy of the monograph, the the story itself that he wrote, the paper.
1: And uh, what of the head of this statue?
0: Mm, I'm not certain. Perhaps it was given to another academic student to verify. Are you interested in it?
1: Perhaps, if it is in some way connected to this attempt on your life.
0: No. This has made me more curious. Someone would come onto this car and try to kill me over it. It seems very strange. I'm fairly confident that I can locate the idol if I can reread the manuscript. Perhaps there's something that's been missed inside of it.
1: I'm just going to look around at the others. Aye. I think that would be advantageous.
0: Well, we'll be pulling into Sophia soon. So... Hopefully, um, hopefully the rest of you are all reasonably okay. He sort of looks around the group, which seems to have assembled around Dr. Jardinov.
4: Never better. Is the bag Maggie holding dripping with blood or?
0: There is definitely blood, not dripping, but there is definitely blood that coats the bottom of the sack.
4: Have you seen any men without a hand around the gentleman? that we chased after he had there's there's a hand in the bag Fraser what a hand a h- human hand here I will open it up for Fraser to see
3: oh, uh, he'll
1: kind of close it almost as soon as it's opened but peek inside does it look like a male hand female hand yeah there's like a in there what if the man himself with the bag what happened to him did you subdue him
4: We tried our best efforts to do so, but he has made an escape out of the window of the train. I believe he has escaped this life entirely.
0: Dr. Giordano looks at the bottle
1: and pours a little bit more. Seems these were desperate men, Doctor. Something about you or your research, your work, must be
3: very, very important to them. Well, I have a question. Uh, The hand you got in them, Miss Maggie, is, uh, if it's dripping, it's probably fairly fresh. So either there's a one-handed man somewhere on the train or there's a one-handed corpse somewhere.
1: What would he want with a hand in a bag?
0: Um, So, Fraser, you've had a a chance to look in the bag. You also see that there is a crumpled up note in the bottom of it. Well, I'd go fish that out and wipe the blood off it. It's a little hard to wipe the blood off, but, but you do see that there is writing on here. Given that you don't, to my knowledge, read the language entirely, you notice that there are some shorthand notes on this
1: piece of paper. I, I can't read this. I don't even, I'm not even sure what language it is. Your leadership?
2: Do I recognize the language?
0: Mm, it's likely a Slavic language.
2: No, not in my area of expertise, Mr. Fraser, perhaps the good doctor.
0: He reaches out and takes, like, the one clean portion of the note. Hmm, it's Bulgarian. He seems a little bit unnerved by that. It's, um, well, it's a note on me and what I look like. And it's also, he sort of looks over at Simon I think they've noticed you as well. Delightful. Indeed. And a wonderful time for our episode to brought brought to a close. And so I uh, want to thank you all for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. Thank you and good night.